What's the uh, what's the temperature? Um, actually, like mid sixties. I went for a run after work, and it was really nice. Hell yeah, that's uh, that's what we're at too. Me, Fish, Connor, and Keegan all played golf yesterday, and I'm supposed to play golf tomorrow too. So I'm pumped. Can you see your video? Yeah. I can't see mine. Well, you look great. Well, thanks. You're welcome. I don't like that I can't see mine, but... Oh, well. My 112 CD blast, I was passed. She came twice, I came last, roll the grass. She giggled, saying I'm smoking. <laughs> As big of a Justin Timberlake fan as probably anybody that you know. That's hot. I like that. I'm a huge Beyonce fan. It's nonstop. Just vibes. Here today to talk about concerts. Last time we got together, it was all about karaoke. I think we had a great time. I don't know about you, but I got some good feedback on that. People were liking it. Um, and they had a lot of songs. There's so many songs that are just perfect for karaoke that mm-hmm. you don't even think about. And then somebody says it and it's like, oh my God, yeah, that's great. Right. A lot of those moments over the last two weeks. Um, you wanted to talk about some stuff that you've been having in rotation lately before we get to... Yes. Yes, I do. Really just one thing. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's right. Pink Sweats' new album. If you're not on Pink Sweats, check them out. Um, I don't like comparing artists because I think that kind of pigeonholes them to a certain degree. But if I had to say he sounded like somebody, it's... Khalid, 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 yeah, pronounce it. But he's got that same sort of vibe, like a soft R&B, poppy type uh, sound to him. Vocals are incredible. Check it out. It's Pink Planet is the album. And yeah, Yeah. awesome. I really liked So Sweet off that album, which I think is the first song on the album. Thoughts? Let me bring it up. So sweet, not the first song, but um, that is one of the ones that I had saved. Um, actually, I, I saved them all, to be completely honest. Uh, I know we've talked about that before with the Gordon Wallen album, and this is kind of the same thing for me. Like, there's I can't pick a song that I don't really enjoy, and that uh, that just makes it that much easier to listen to it all the way through. So I've done so maybe like five or six times in the past couple of weeks, just doing work. Um, songs that really stuck out to me were um, Paradise and um, Icy were the two main ones. Let me pull it back up as well. I did like it. It was a different vibe than what I was expecting at first, but I thought it was really good. Um, I did like Paradise. Um, 17 was good. At My Worst was good too. That's what I mean. I go through and I try to not say them all. So I know we have this uh, suggestions playlist that we've got going. Yeah, which we have not said anything about yet. So I know. Ooh. Yeah, spill the secret. Well, I mean, it's not a secret. That's the whole point of it is for it to be public. So, um, it was brought to my attention by a couple people. Just things that we talk about on the podcast, as far as like certain songs and whatnot. 
um, sometimes we don't always tweet them out because we talk about, you know, four or five, six, seven different songs. And so what we did was we made a collaborative playlist. Uh, I believe it's called, I think it's just called broken. Yeah. It's called broken record suggestions. So I'll, I'll put that in the bio on the Twitter and I'll just make sure, um, I get it everywhere that it's accessible for everyone. Uh, but if you save it to your, your library, it will automatically update anytime we update new songs. And it's literally just songs that we talk about on here, new, old, whatever it may be, anything that we reference to, or we suggest, we're just going to drop it straight in there. So that way you can find it much easier. The four songs that I chose from this album to put on that playlist, because again, I don't want to drop the whole thing in there. If you listen to these four, it'll give you a pretty good idea what the rest of the album is like. And then from there, you can decide if you want to check out the whole thing. Again, I highly recommend it. But listen to Paradise, Beautiful Life, Pink Money, and Icy. And tell me you don't want to listen to the rest of the thing. Um, Just top-notch stuff from Pink Sweats. Look out for more from him um, in the future. Chase, I know you're all geeked out about new Drake. So why don't we just... Talk about it now. Say what you we got. Can get in, we can get into <laughs> it quick. I mean, I th- you always discount it because you think it's the same thing over and over again. But the thing is, is he set the bar so high that you think it's just uh, the same old Drake, the same old Drake. But there's a reason that he does so many numbers on every single thing that he puts out because it's that fucking good. I feel that. And, I'm with that, but so I. But I will say, so out of the three songs, I think they're all three different vibes. The last two songs that him and Ross have done together, uh, "Gold Roses" and now "Lemon Pepper Freestyle," they're all like five and a half minutes of. It's a very it's it's very much like a a Drake Rick Ross beat. Like you can tell immediately that it's going to be those two on it yeah. because. Ross doesn't really do that shit by himself. He does every now and then, and Drake doesn't really do that by himself. But every single time that they do a song together, it's the same vibe. There's hardly any hook to it, and it's literally just them. It's just bars for five and a half minutes. Like so many quotable lines, and they're just rapping about shit that nobody else can rap about. And I uh, that it's hard for me to rank these because I all thought that they were very good in their own right. Uh, but I will say on Once and Needs with Lil Baby, I think that Lil Baby carried him on that track. Oh. I'm, I'm, you heard it here first. And I don't think it's that hot of a take. Uh, maybe not for that song, but when you, when, you, when you say something like that, is Lil Baby on that level to where we can say, even if he did, is he on that level where we can say it? I think so. I think he is so hard. He's my he's one of my favorite rappers out right now. Everything Nate, he puts out I think is good. Nate and I were talking about it when I was down there last month. Yeah. He's definitely the new rapper that has grown on me the most. I'll give him that. Because when he came out, and I think it's partially the name, like Lil Baby. Like, oh, come on. Yeah. I got to listen to a rapper named Lil Baby and tell everybody yeah. I'm listening to Lil Baby. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. But when you get into it, yeah. Like the thing I'll give him more than anybody else going right now, I think is the flow. Like even if you're not in love with the lyrics, he's on that beat and doesn't come off of it. And he doesn't. I got to give it to him. Um, and he catches random pockets of a beat where you're like, it, it catches you off guard when he goes in. Yeah. Because he catches these random pockets of beats and he like he's the way I mean the wave of the beat is going this way and he somehow is in unison with it going the complete opposite wave that you wouldn't think that it makes sense, but it fucking does. Yeah. I I love him. His My Turn album was one of my favorite rap albums of last year. Yeah, and I know we've we've discussed that when breaking down the whole year, but uh... I guess he's he's on my radar, and I'll have to to give him more of a look, more of a chance, and not just write him off 
kind of the way that I have been. Right. But yeah, and going back to Ross, like you, anything he touches for me, I think he really is one of the most underrated rappers. If you if you go back and look at his discography, like it's it's pretty undeniable, and you forget about all of these songs because it's been so long. And he's, I think, maybe not the most consistent, but when he comes, he comes correct. Yeah. Like, I mean, just go back and look at the albums. I'm not going to run them all down, but. Think about the influence as he's, that he's, think about the influence that he has made on the rap game in general and how many people became who they are because of him. You got Wale, you got um, Meek. I think Drake takes a lot of, um, has a lot of, he takes a lot of influence from from Rick Ross. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Fuck, I mean, Ace Hood. I know Ace Hood's not like a household name, but I think without Rick Ross putting, I mean, obviously you got Trick Daddy from Miami, but I think, Rick Ross is in a complete different category as far as Miami rappers. And I don't think that Ace Hood is who he is without Rick Ross. Uh, I think that's fair. But, I mean, I can't even think off the fucking top of my head, everybody in MMG, but I think Wale and, and Meek Mill are obviously the two two yeah. household names there. But Meek Mill has since created his own – I mean, they both did in their own right. But I think Meek is is now a household name – and he got there for the portion of his career through the help of Rick Ross and Rick Ross putting him on. And I don't think he gets enough credit like you were saying. Yeah, he, he doesn't. Um, and it's funny, you, looking back on it, MMG starts to become a collective around the same time that Young Money. Yeah. Was huge and took yeah. For the radio for that summer, whatever year it was. And you're probably 10 or 11 or 11 and 12. Yeah. Whatever year it was, you're, you're looking at these two groups saying, okay, you know, how do they match up? Who's stronger? Who's got the longevity? And I think everybody at that time was saying it's young money. Like they're killing the game right now. They took it over. There's so many of them. How can they not just continue this streak? And they did. Let's not get it twisted. They had their run. But we're still looking at MMG as one of the top groups in the game. And you're right. Rick Ross has opened the door to all these other artists that really would have done their thing, but not Mm -hmm. in the way that they've been able to with the backing of Rick Ross and all that he has brought to the table for them. So, yeah, I think his music and his impact on the music game can't be understated. I agree. I agree. I'm glad we can agree on that. Yeah. I've been uh, so I've been I've been messing with a, a couple other songs. They, I don't think they're new, but it's stuff that I had just recently heard. Um, oh, I don't know if you heard this, but did you hear the new Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack song? No, not yet. Oh, I know. I know. Mal loved it. I talked to her about it over the weekend. It's called Leave the Door Open. And I mean, I could do a whole episode on Bruno <laughs> Mars and Anderson Pack. Because Bruno Mars is, I don't know, just the energy, the energy that he brings. He's such a great performer live, just watching videos and, and his music videos. But that energy translates into his songs just sonically. And I think his career, I know he's been um he gets a ton of radio play and things get overplayed sometimes and people write him off as just a, a you know a corny pop star but Bruno Mars is so good and I love Anderson Pack's voice as well I think he's super unique um, he's got the real gravelly voice and in high pitched voice but I think those two together are phenomenal so that was uh that was in the rotation from this weekend as far as new music goes. Um, I've been re- re- revisiting Mac's discography. I got a, I got a couple records of his recently, which had me going and diving back into 
some of his discover like his newer stuff. So circ- being circles and swimming. And the two songs that I were listening to heavy were right off of the circles album. And then so it goes off the swimming album and to kind of switch things up. Another song that I, this has been probably my most played song over the last two weeks. It's called morning light by wild Dorado. Um, I'll dump that into the playlist as well. I heard it off of a documentary that I was watching on Netflix about like extreme sports, but it is so cool. I don't even know how to explain it. I'm just going to let you guys. Look at it. <laughs> All right. Um, isn't it just so cool when you find a song like that? Just out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I love it. All the time with commercials. Yes. Like for dumb shit. And it's just like, wow, that song is fire. How do I listen to that now? <laughs> that's, yeah. That's been, I mean, I don't, I don't use Shazam anymore. Cause my phone does it automatically. Right. Google phone. But that technology just to be able to recognize music like that. So cool. So oh yeah. A lot of doors for me. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And, uh, the, uh, one more song. I don't know if you heard this yet. Um, ah, oh, fuck. I talked about it on the last podcast, but I haven't talked to you about it is gravity by Tyler by Brent Fiaz. And it features Tyler, the creator. Yeah. I love that song. About it. Just because yeah. I wasn't talking to you doesn't mean I didn't listen. I know, but we don't. <laughs> we save it for the podcast now, so sometimes uh, I forget. You were listening to the Faces mixtape a little while back. Oh, dude. Yeah. So apparently, uh, this is new information. As of, I don't know, a week or two ago, and apparently it's coming to Spotify soon. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that all day. And uh, so I was listening to that last week or two weeks ago. And then I was dicking around on YouTube yesterday. Do you remember when he did that little, that random ass tape called Delusional Thomas? Oh, yeah. I completely forgot about that until yesterday. That was probably his peak weirdness. Where yeah, like- that was November 1st, 2013. So I was like, huh? He was just exploring with music. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was like the Larry, well, Larry the Fisherman days came right before that. Yeah. Yeah, man. That was crazy. That also needs to get. So I'm looking at it right now. The genre of that isn't even rap. It's called horrorcore. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Man, that's crazy. But that was really good. I really liked that. Yeah, and he man. did that song with Earl Sweatshirt. That shit was crazy. And he did, I'm pretty sure he did a song with Earl on that Faces mixtape, too. You but sure that's one of my. Who else? You know who uh, else was on Faces? Uh, I mean. Rick Ross. Yeah. I was just about to say, are you talking about the Rick Ross song? Because yes, that sir. might be the, that's probably the hardest song on the entire tape. I think so. That's the one that stuck out to me and still. Yeah. Let's change gears here. We're, we Let's. want to talk about live music. Um, but not us singing. It's concerts. Last concerts that we've been to. I want to start off. You guys remember concerts? <laughs> it was yeah, crazy. I, um, I know we mentioned that we really missed karaoke, but I really, 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 really miss concerts. Yeah. Probably been the hardest thing about quarantine for me. I know you feel the same. Mm-hmm. Um, your first concert, what was it? Give us the story. Where were you? Nope. Where'd you go with? I was four years old at the Phrase Pavilion in Dayton, Ohio. I was with my parents, and I saw Hootie and the Blowfish, and I knew every single word to every song they played at four. I, of course, knew that story, but I wanted you to give it to everybody else, so I appreciate you breaking it down. Of course. I uh, There's a funny story about that. So when, obviously, like I said, I, I knew all the words, and... 
um, I was in front of my dad or next to my dad and there was a guy to our right, him and his wife, um, they got a kick out of me knowing all the words to the song. So, you know, we're chopping it up back and forth. And my dad said he turned to say something to me and I wasn't there. And so he looked at that guy and that guy had me up on his shoulders and I was singing. And I, I know there's a picture of it somewhere. I'll just have to get with my parents so they can find it. But I know that shit's out there. I feel like I've seen that photo. Probably. Just a little four-year-old chase. I was going to ask you about it. There you go. Yep. I wish I could find that. My first concert was Blueprint 3 Tour. Wow. 2010. Probably March. It was in the spring of 2010. I would have been in high school. It was me, my buddy Ian, and my buddy George. We went to, Ian got his license before all of us, so he could drive and he drove us. We were like 16, 15. We went, we went to the Palace of Auburn Hills to Jay-Z. He was still young Jeezy at the time. Yeah. Songs was the- Wow. Yeah. And this is like peak prime Trey songs with all the hits. Like he had yeah. come up and really started to, to swing. So he started off, it was a very weird scene. We're in the back row of the palace. There's a giant video screen behind Trey songs on the stage. It's basically just softcore porn <laughs> and like multiple women. Everyone, pretty much everyone there is female at this point. There's a lot of women on today's Women's Day. So shout out all the women out there. <laughs> um, they were loving it, obviously. They were losing their fucking minds. <laughs> Ian and George and I are just in the, <laughs> the background, like enjoying the show, but not really <laughs> as much as the other uh, the other people there. So... He brings a woman on stage and it's, it just gets kind of reckless at that point. Like he's spraying champagne, he's feeding her cake, like lap dances. It's, it's getting <laughs> heavy on stage. Everybody is loving it. And again, we're just waiting for Jeezy and Jay-Z. Jeezy mm-hmm. came up next, um, killed it. He was probably my favorite artist at the time. It was either him or Jay-Z. So to be able to see them both in the same show was awesome to me. Yeah. Um, I loved Jay-Z. And then Jay-Z came on and it it was my first show. So I didn't have any reference, but I knew that I was watching something special, you know, like yeah. when you can just tell their, like Meek Mill said, there's levels to the shit. Jay-Z is on a different level from anybody else that I've seen since. And I'm yeah. I'm talking, there's a lot of other people, we'll get into it, but Jay-Z is a cut above. And that's the thing that really stuck out to me, even to this day, about my first concert. Damn. That's one I, I missed the, uh, I think it was On The Run is what it was called, or something like that, On The Run, when him and Beyonce, they came to Great American yeah. and... I still regret not going to that to this day because I had the chance to and I didn't. Um, top regrets. Was that, I mean, is that top three? Do you have others that really stick out in your mind? Um, that one is the, the first one that I can think of. Um, my second one, I don't even know if you know this band, but there's this uh, band called Say Anything. They're kind of a, like kind of a punk band. And they, uh, they're they not making music anymore. And they did a fa- farewell tour. Um, they did one show at Bogarts in Cincinnati that I missed because I was out of town. And then they did a farewell tour that they came to Cleveland. And they played like all their new stuff. But there's this one, their, their most famous album, um, 
they played f- another night like that Sunday. It was a Saturday Sunday show, and that Sunday they played that album from front to back, and I didn't go. So that's that's up there, and um, I missed Drake. Uh, Drake and Future. I think it was in Indianapolis. I did not go to that. And I haven't seen Drake since. uh, I mean, we'll get into it, but I haven't seen Drake since 20 December, 2013. And I regret it. Yeah. Cause now he's too big. Like he won't even come. The the closest that he comes is like little Caesars in Detroit. Yeah. I guess I didn't think about that, but. Detroit is pretty blessed in that we get all the big tours. Yeah. From all the big artists. And if it's not in downtown, they'll come out to the suburbs, whether it's the palace or, you know, DTE, uh, for those who are local, that's the outdoor venue. But yeah, we, um, we're, we're pretty lucky generally speaking, I think. And I guess, yeah, I, I never really thought about it, but are, is that a struggle for you? all the time like you got to travel to go see shows not always it's usually unless you're on the level of drake they come to at the very furthest it's cleveland but the same show that they play in cleveland they also usually play in columbus so the farthest that i normally have i've only been to cleveland for i've only had to go to cleveland one time for a show um because the if it's not if it's in the winter They'll do it at Nationwide, where the Jackets play in in Columbus, or they'll do it at the Schottenstein Center, which is Ohio State's basketball arena. Yeah. Um, it's about a five thousand seat difference, but if it's in the summer, Riverbend gets everything. Riverbend's a, a I mean, Riverbend holds twenty two thousand, and I've been to a I've been to multiple sold out shows there, and it's fucking packed, but it is fucking huge. So, unless that like Drake's come here in the summer. Uh, but it's been some time and I'm pretty sure the last tour that he did, um, was with Migos <laughs> or maybe it was, he did that solo tour with Scorpion and he was just doing like, I know he did like fucking something crazy, like eight nights at the Staples center and he was only <laughs> going to like LA, Chicago, you know what I mean? Miami. Yeah. Like he was only playing like party cities and he would just do like six or seven nights in a row. So I miss those, but it's never really been an issue, especially because um, if, if somebody gets that big, I've already seen, and I'll go, but if somebody's already that big, I've seen them. This isn't like I'm like toot my own horn, but like I've seen them before in a smaller intimate setting. So I'm not like dying to, to go unless I'm going to stand, unless I'm going to stand or sit close. Like I'm not going to buy nosebleed tickets unless it's somebody that I've never seen before. And I'm dying to go see. Yeah. Like Elton John. Exactly. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen, Two shows in the same tour. Yes. Luke Combs. You got anything more to add to that? <laughs> I mean, there's a fucking reason that I saw both of them. Well, yeah, give us one, details. I, what happened? Huh? Give us details. What happened? That's that's what we're doing here. So um, this was in – I mean, this is in my top five – favorite shows that I've ever seen. So it was the first time it's crazy. Cause I've seen Luke Combs like seven times. The first time I saw him was at 10. I know I've told this fucking story a thousand times. The first time I saw him was at tin roof in Cincinnati, which was maybe 150 people. Then I saw him at brick street in Miami, which was maybe 500. And then I saw him like open up for a couple people. And then he played his own tour that he came to like this small arena in Troy, Ohio. And then the, the fifth time I saw him and the first time he was like a big headliner 
was at the Schottenstein Center in Columbus. And that w- it was just crazy to see because you're like to, to you, like this dude is just the dude that you found on YouTube one day. And now he's selling out an 18,000 seat arena and everybody in there that you and 17,999 other people are, are singing back songs that at one point you felt like you were the only person that knew them, which is so sick. And it's almost like a, like you don't know the person, you don't know him, but you almost have this moment where you're proud of them to be able to see that, you know, transpire, which I think is super cool. And then that summer he was also a country concert, but he, you know, they, you know, everybody that goes to that brings out the big guns and he played it. I mean, he played a different set, but it's crazy because like you watch how high energy that shit is when they're on that and they give their all for an hour to an hour and a half and they're just gassed and we're out there having the time of our lives and you know you wake up the next morning and you're tired and you're hungover and they're already in a different fucking city and they gotta do the same thing bring the same energy and they do that for like 50 cities like 50 cities in 60 nights which is insane to me that i've never really thought of it like that yeah, and that's kind of what I was trying to get at when I asked you the question, just because I've never done it. I've never seen two different shows in the same tour, so I haven't been able to compare like, oh, okay, he was more, you know, he was more into it at the Detroit show than he was when he was in Columbus, you know, or right. whatever the case may be. Right. Um, I've always been interested by that too, because yeah, man, you, you think about what a grind that is, and it's just it's nothing that we can even really wrap our heads around because we've never had to do anything like it. But yeah, to even just think about what that has to be like, I don't know, it gives me a whole lot more of appreciation for live music. And you think, wow, like every time they come out on that stage, they give people these memories. And Mm -hmm. like you said, they bust their ass. They're giving their all every night on top of all the travel from town to town. So it's, it's just a a whole new level of appreciation for me. Yeah. And these people, I mean, and you're, I'm assuming most people drink. So staying hydrated, your diet, your, you know, your cardio, especially those people like, pop artists where you have dancers and it's, and it's a whole performance and it's not just, obviously you're, you have to have stage presence. So everybody's moving around and singing and and engaging with the crowd, but the people that, you know, pop artists that are, they have choreography behind their entire show too. Like that is, it's such a science that I, until you, it's crazy. Another thing that's crazy to me is like when I play guitar and I play five or six songs, like, you know, around the campfire or whatever, I start to lose my voice. And these people are screaming at the top of their lungs every single night. And their voice is still in shape and they're running around and they're not missing a beat and they're dancing and they're not missing a beat, which I don't know if you've ever tried it, but like even singing while you're like walking, you can, you know, your voice bounces because of your steps and whatnot. And so the the best concert that I've ever seen in my life, I'm sure you guys can guess. I saw Justin Timberlake a couple years ago and he doesn't miss a beat. And once the song gets over, you can see them just panting for air for 40 seconds. And then it goes into the next song and they don't miss a beat. And that was almost two hours of a performance with choreography it was an entire basketball floor length of a stage it was two separate stages with a median in it and he was running all the way up and down it you have costume changes i'm getting out of breath just fucking trying to explain it (laughs) so that was like that concert if i and i set up high 
and Nate can attest to it because Nate, who falls ass backwards into everything, fucking <laughs> sat next to the stage for the same tour that I went to like six months before. And he sent me a video and I could not imagine being that close because there, I mean, there's dozens of backup dancers and he's got all these different instruments and he's got a full band for some songs. I'm talking like string quartet type full band shit. And then he'll come out and he'll play guitar. Then he'll play the keyboard. And he does. I mean, it's just, I've never seen a production like that in my entire life outside of my fandom for him already. I was just blown away. Do you prefer to be in the front row or in the cheap seats? Front row, 100%. Really? You don't think it's yeah. too close? Huh? You don't think it's too close? No. I, I mean, I like yeah. to be – I like to forget that I'm surrounded by people. Okay. You know what I mean? Because when you get lost in that moment, it's just you and the song. Or you in the performance, yeah. And and when you're close up, it there's no easier way to do that. And I didn't get to like before the last couple of years. I never saw a big show up close. I was always, and that's why I preferred smaller venues. It's just a more intimate experience, and you're able to have that one on one. But uh, um, allegedly, I snuck into the pit for Luke Combs, Jameson Rogers, and Morgan Wallen in uh, November in Cleveland last – well, 2019 November, just in case the feds are listening. I allegedly did that (laughs) because we did not have tickets for the pit. So we snuck into that. And then the last concert that I went to, which was a year ago – on Sunday was Zach Brown band at Rupp arena and somehow fell into pit tickets. And it's just with that type of production for a a 20,000 person show and to be right in the front, because you know, they bring the energy when they see a crowd that big and being that close, it's just like, it, it's different. Yeah. See, I've never been that close at a big show, kind of like you're saying. So I don't know. I don't, I, I, I just don't really know what it's like. Um, but I have been up close at some medium sized shows. And sometimes I'm just like, the same way that you're saying, you don't get lost in all the other people. I kind of like that just because it gives me more of a full picture of like what's going on. Yeah, moment like how many you mentioned it before everybody in the crowd knows all the words and they're singing along that really it sticks out to me more when you can see everybody doing it so sometimes I've been up at the front you look back and it's like wow this is a lot a lot more going on than I really thought being up here in the front yeah um what was the first time you ever had that experience you know the answer to that question. Because I have the same one. <laughs> Fast, baby. That The only time that I've kind of been afraid for my well-being. In a crowd of people? Is, yeah, just when we were in that mob scene for Kendrick Lamar in Athens, Ohio. That whole day was a movie script. like it is it it was i use the word unbelievable a lot but if we were to sit here and rehash that whole day it's unbelievable like there's no fucking way any reasonable person would believe what we did that day and what we went through going there not like having no guidance of where the fuck we were going yeah any sort of preparation and we had an insane time 
like all of the stars aligning at the perfect times when we absolutely needed it to happen and it did. Yeah. So many times. That's karma, baby. I know. That's what that is. Uh what's the biggest show you've seen? Was it Jay-Z? The biggest show, I mean country concert. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, there you think about there's man, there's got to be 50,000 people there. On Saturday, there absolutely is. And I, I really I feel pretty comfortable saying I'm a terrible judge at like, oh, how many people are here in this? <laughs> I feel like it's got to be 50,000 people, man. There's a yeah. lot of people there. I, I remember one year, I, I think it was the first year that Eric Church played. So it was like two years before you went. And that Saturday, I remember it was recorded like like 50,000 or 47,000. And at the time, I want to say that was the biggest crowd in country concert history. And then the year, the first year that you went was the biggest crowd I've ever seen there in my life. Oh. All three days. Yeah, that was bonkers. Um, going back to Fest, we went twice. The first time was Kendrick and Steve Aoki, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. So... I just mentioned I was a little afraid for myself during Kendrick in the daytime. Imagine what it was like during Steve Aoki after the sun went down and it was completely dark in that mud field. Yeah. Uh, like. Terrifying. Especially, I mean, I was a freshman. So I was already, I mean, we were still kids at the time though. Yeah. And. There were just people and we didn't obviously we didn't go to OU. So just two kids, you weren't 21 yet, were you? No. I was I didn't think so. So you were 20, I was 19. And so you think about that. Two kids under 21 in a, the middle of a field. They don't know a single soul there. We knew somebody where we were staying, but we didn't know how we were gonna get there, how to get back there, or anything. <laughs> And we're just out in this field where people are getting trampled. I'll never forget Kendrick Lamar stopping his set because that girl fell over and people were just stepping on her. And he stopped his set and said he would not play. And he would not say another word into the mic until they let her up off the ground. And they did. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that in my life. I haven't either. But the second year was crazy, too. I was going to say, so we came back two years later. I don't remember who performed. I remember G-Eazy performed because that was okay. – uh, that was – he was he was still huge at the time, but he played during the daytime. I remember uh, McConan because that was uh, – oh, no. that was when Tuesday came out. That was the, That was the year that Tuesday came out. And Schoolboy played. Schoolboy was playing when the yeah. Schoolboy played when like the lights started to go or the lights. Oh my god, go dude! I remember Man of the Year. Oh. Yeah, and we were sitting in the back under that tent. Yeah, and then Diplo was the headliner. Man, and I remember we left shortly into uh, not shortly into Diplo, but we were not up towards the front because we fucking knew better that time. Yeah, dude. I mean, that was that was a day that I, I honestly I couldn't really remember who performed because I remember that experience more so than any part of the show. Me too. I agree, and we did like we figured it out much better that time too. Like I could almost tell you. I mean, both days I could tell you everything that happened. We didn't even drink the first year, if you remember, right? Yeah, we were but so I'm in that crazy environment. Huh? Sober Sally in that crazy environment. <laughs> Which is insane to think about because we were just, dude, we were just riding off energy. But then the next the next time we went, we drank enough for to make up for the year before. But I remember like as soon as we got there, we were just kind of like feeling things out. And then we went over in that field and we started playing wiffle ball. I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm on the video. I'm on the hype video for fest that year. Do you remember that? That's right. Yeah. And I lost my phone yep. in that mud. 
which knock on wood, that's the only time I've ever lost my phone or even misplaced my phone. And I didn't even misplace it. I was trying to record a snap in the middle of us playing volleyball or volleyball, playing wiffle ball. And the ball got hit to me, so I just dropped it on the ground instead of putting it in my pocket. And I was like, I'll grab that when I get when I just run back out. And I walked back over there and I couldn't find it in that fucking mud pit. But I think a golf cart had ran it over in the time that I walked in and threw my threw the ball back to Corey, who was pitching, I think, at the time. And the fucking phone was just gone, bro. We spent a stupid amount of time looking for your fucking phone. I know. I thought we were going to find that. We did go up towards the front at one point. I know we went up there for G-Eazy. Yeah. I do remember. It's coming back to me now. But, yeah, it's just I remember that day more so than the actual performance. Uh, what else you got? Who, who do you uh, need to mention? So this is one of my second favorite. This is probably my second favorite concert I've ever been to. I think I've talked about this on the pod before too, but um, this was right after, this was like the first big purchase that I made when I first got, when I got my first job out of college. Um, I bought my dad and I Matchbox 20 tickets, like 15 rows from the stage and I know I talk a lot about how much I love Matchbox 20 on this sh- on this show, but it's because it's it's a very nostalgic feeling because that's like that's the f- them and Hootie are the first music that my dad and I ever bonded to, like when I was a kid. And we've since listened to that thousands of times at this point, probably together. And there's just so many memories based around Matchbox 20 and. Um, so I bought him and I tickets. That was like my first big boy purchase. Uh, got him for father's day and that like the look on, and I know he's going to listen to this and he'll probably get emotional about it, but I, I mean, I do too, but the look on his face and the, the level of happiness that I, that him and I got to share together was, was such a cool moment. And the amount of times that he thanked me was, I don't know, I was just very proud that I was able to facilitate that moment for him and I together. Plus, I love Matchbox 20 and Counting Crows open for him. So it was just a, I mean, I'm sure you guys can, and you guys can put the pieces together how that made me feel. It was just a very, very sick moment. And we have we have tickets to go see them this summer. Stage front. Where at? Riverbend. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I'm super psyched about that too. Let's hope that everybody gets vaccinated and that can actually happen. No shit. Um, I got a couple more. Unless you uh, you have some that you want to bounce off me. I just wanted to jump in and say, because I didn't mention the shows that I regret not going to. Oh, yeah. Speaking of vaccination, um, buddy of mine and I were thinking about going to Sturgill and Tyler Childers. Yeah. uh, Just before the hammer came down with COVID. And it was one of those things where I think tickets were like a hundred bucks. And I was like, for not good seats. And I was like, oh, but not that bad, you know? Mm -hmm. And then a week later, we're all in lockdown. And it's like, fuck, I really wish I would have gone. Because knowing what I know now, (laughs) last opportunity for quite some time. So, But we will never, we will never make that mistake again. Exactly. I know I won't. Um, I'm I'm not going to be so picky about, I don't want to spend such and such. Do it. Do it. Exactly. The other Uh, thing that I regret not going to, this was kind of a tragic one. Jay-Z and Eminem at Comerica Park a few years ago. Wow. Was, yeah, it was going to be sick, sick, sick. I couldn't find tickets for the longest, like, same deal it was just a hot ticket and it was going to be too much money i was still in high school i didn't have my own job right. to actually pay for 
tickets. So I decided to go up north with a couple of friends instead. Um, on the way, I get a call like, yo, we got an extra ticket. <gasps> I couldn't go because I was already too far away. Those are the two, two regrets that I have. I'll tell you one, one that I'm glad that I made the decision to go to. I, me and Bryce talked about this on the show that him and I did. But when we saw Mac open for Wiz in 2012 yes. and Schoolboy was there and Kendrick just like popped in. I was looking back at the set list and Kendrick Lamar was not supposed to be on that set list. And he just came in and did like two or three songs and then just fucking left. <laughs> it was, it, dude, it was crazy. And like, obviously knowing what we know now, that was at, at least for me, that was at my highest fandom of Wiz too. When Wiz, that was some of my favorite shit that Wiz has put out was in 2012. Cause yeah. that was like right after cabin fever, cabin fever. And, uh, uh, rolling papers. And then obviously Mac, I, I regret not going to um, see him headline at Bogarts. I do regret that big time, obviously, because he's no longer with us. But um, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I am glad that I at least hopped on that, hopped on that ticket. Uh, another one, which is, which is towards the top is the third time I saw Drake which was the last time that I saw Drake. It was right after uh, Nothing Was the Same came out. I saw him at Nationwide, and Future opened up for Miguel, who opened up for Drake. And he came out to Tuscan Leather, and still, that to this day, that's, that's probably the coolest intro of any concert I've ever been to in my life, was he came out to T Tuscan Leather and... I know, like, I know, Ch so Chad was with me. This was how late we got tickets. Him and I couldn't even get seats together. He sat behind me. So I sat by myself, technically. And I remember turning around, and Chad's face when he came out the Tuscan leather was like, he saw Jesus Christ descend <laughs> from the ceiling. Um, quick question. How long was he spending on that intro? <laughs> Too much time. Um, I saw that same Mac and Wiz show. So much fun. Just Dude. cool set. Like you're saying, that was my favorite Wiz. Some of my favorite Mac. Uh, it was outdoors at DT. You haven't been to that, but you, I think you'd really like that. It's a very cool venue for concerts. Um, it was so much fun. I just, that probably is my favorite. Splitting hairs between that and country concert, but I think I would give Mac and Wiz the nod just because country concert is a, a yearly thing that I can right. come back to, you know? Which I've seen some of my favorite shows at country concert. There have been some top-notch shows, I got to tell you, and like from artists that I didn't really expect much from. Brad Paisley what? killed it. I was going to ask you what which ones come to your which ones come to mind. I, uh, another one that comes to my mind is Blake Shelton. Were you there that year? Was that your first year? I wasn't there that year. No. Okay, man, I was fucking blown away. Um, and obviously Eric Church. Yeah, did you? He was going to be what he was. Right. I didn't totally know what to expect from him, but he absolutely killed it. He's probably my favorite. I'd say that I've seen that country concert. Uh, Toby Keith was highly entertaining. I wasn't yeah. really expecting and highly him. and highly intoxicated. <laughs> and that made it a little bit easier. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I watched old dominion there at the, uh, at the saloon stage one year on a Wednesday night. And that was phenomenal. I love Old Dominion though, so I'm super psyched. I think they're going to be there this year, right? Or did they replace, or did Morgan Wallen replace them? I can't remember. I know they they were originally supposed to be there, and I think you're right. Maybe they did get replaced. I'm really excited to see Hardy this year on the main stage. You know, that's my boy. Him and Wallen are they on the same day? Maybe they should be, because that's going to be fucking rowdy. <laughs> yeah. 
and Aldine. I think Aldine's going to blow you away too. Uh, speaking of country, the my third favorite concert I've ever been to. I'm going to see him again this summer. Can you guess who it is? Mm, your third favorite. You're going to see them again. Probably him. Have we mentioned him already? No. Not today on the show. Okay. Probably the he's probably the best entertainer in country music, maybe of all time. Oh, Stapleton. No. Garth Brooks. Oh, oh okay. Garth. Yeah. So I saw Garth Brooks. I got tickets for Christmas. He did um he did a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two shows each night that sold out in a matter of like hours so fast that he somehow booked the following weekend and did a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two shows. So he played 12 shows. He played 12 shows in two weekends in Cincinnati. And I went for the first wave on Saturday night, the second show. And dude, I, there's, there's a couple documentaries on him on Netflix or on YouTube uh, I know he did that like football stadium concert series two years ago. Um, the the Notre Dame one was televised, and I guarantee you there's a stream of it on YouTube. So I think you should at the very least go watch a couple of the songs. The way that he moves a crowd, especially as a country artist, is I've never seen anything like it. Um, and we're going to – we were actually supposed to go see him June of last year, but obviously couldn't. And the tickets roll over to July of this year. So I'm psyched to go, to go see him. And it's at Paul Brown, which I've never been to a concert there. It almost seems like it'd be too big for a concert. I think we're kind of close, though. But also I've seen him. So I've seen – like I've seen concerts at the shoe before. Like at Ohio State, and that holds one hundred ten thousand or one hundred five thousand. Yeah, it's not so much the capacity, just as like the way that it's shaped. I don't acoustically. I don't imagine it being it. Great. It's gonna be interesting, but that's the only place big enough to hold for one night. Like he played yeah. at U.S. Bank when he came the last time, and that holds like thirteen thousand, and he had to play fucking six shows in a weekend. Yeah, that's a lot. It'll be interesting for sure. Is there anything else about concerts that you want to mention before we hop off? Um, I don't think so. I think one thing that I want to try and do this year is I would like to go to, um, I would like to go see people, even if it's just one song that I like of theirs that I really like, I would like to go see them live to see if there are other deciding factors of if I like them more. Because that's what happened with Moon Taxi. I liked a couple of their songs, but seeing them at Madison Theater in that venue was so tight. And same thing with The Neighborhood. Um, I really liked that Wipeout album. And uh, I, took, I took Seth to go see them a couple years ago, and I just fell in love with them. So I think seeing... Seeing more people that I'm familiar with, but not like crazy familiar with, just to really get the get the idea of, you know, who they are. Like you're saying, we're not going to take it for granted again, and definitely not going to be as picky. I'm right there with you, hundred percent. Chase, I had fun doing this. Um, of course. The Twitter handle is at Broken Rex Pod gonna catch us again next week it would really help us out if you'd rate review subscribe share the show with all your friends tell them that we're pretty cool and we know what we're talking about tell them you think we're fucking lame and we don't know what we're talking about either way it'd be nice to have them along because the more the merrier and uh you know all the feedback that we get from you guys just helps us craft this show more uh for you guys because that's at the end of the day that's where what we're here for chase thanks again always a pleasure 
I'll catch you next time. See ya. Broken record, broken record.